this is our first co-partner Femme Fatale YouTube video that will soon be podcast later. Um, Kiki has not been able to join us due to work, so this is her first time. From here on out, it'll be both of us, not just me talking really fast for 12 minutes, I swear. Um, so, take it away. Well, hello, hello. I'm Kiki. Uh, super excited to do this. Sorry, I haven't been on the other one. So hopefully we can get you guys some more content going here. Um, super excited to talk about this race because, oh my, like that was in incredible for a Sunday morning or afternoon, depending on where you were. But happy to be here. Happy for you guys to listen to me and Nat. Here we go. This is just us talking about like stuff we like. So it, it's it's fun. It's not like forced or anything. But no, we're just, uh, just two gals having a conversation about fast cars and cool oh, yeah. racing. Oh yeah. Um, before we start talking about the Miami qualifying, I do want to bring up some stuff that I saw online. Um, I don't know how you feel about it, but this is kind of my personal take on it. The whole tart influencer drama that went on for the Miami uh, Grand Prix. I can see kind of both sides. There's a lot of Formula One female like content creators who are really upset because these people are getting $1,000 or $10,000 tickets for free. And they verbalized on social media that they had no idea what this was. There was actually somebody who like didn't even show up and was pronouncing the names wrong. So I understand where the frustration's coming from. But we also have to talk about like, it's a makeup company and they're trying to get their product out there. And you have to think Tarte makeup, they want the people who have the followers of makeup to be like, hey, watch this. It can stay on during the whole race. And don't get me wrong, like I love makeup. I think that some Formula One girls do would have been great for it. But I think like squash the drama, get rid of it. Girls support girls, like I mean, you know, it's it's just one of those things, right? You know, women in motorsports, we're always looked down upon. They always think we're in it for the wrong reasons. But I know you've been into Formula One since you were, you know, in diapers. And I've been into cars. I grew up in my godfather's garage. I did engine swaps as I was a teenager. I did autocross racing. Like It's hard as a girl. It really is, though. And, and the other thing, too, like... You know what? I do like makeup. And if I can wear my full face helmet on my motorcycle, and my makeup stays on when I take it off. Great. I love it. I'm here for that. Right. But is, you know, as a makeup company, you know, offering out, you know, these influencers to go to these races, the best idea, maybe not, but Hey, you I think know, it could have been done better. I think so too. But, and I understand like, Hey, let's, let's get more into the sport. Let's make the sport more accessible. Great. Fantastic. But was but is that it really way? being more accessible? Is it really like more accessible if you're grabbing these like influencers who have like thousands and millions of followers? You're especially when Formula One races probably... are so expensive too. Like, yes. Yes. I, I can attest. <laughs> I'm going yes. to Monaco and Vegas, the two most yeah. expensive this year, just because <laughs> why not? But I, I think squash it, girls support girls. Was it done wrong? I think so. But at the same time, like, we shouldn't be bashing on these girls. Yeah, I was a little taken aback when somebody got offered a hot lap with a car with a driver from Alfa Romeo. And she didn't show up. Like, Alfa Romeo actually threw shade on Twitter about it. And I was like, that that's so embarrassing. But it's, also at the same time, like, if you're not interested, give that opportunity to somebody who would die for that. You know, exactly. And that's time that he's taken to do that. And he was honestly probably excited to do it as well, because who doesn't want to show off what they do? Who doesn't want to have right. somebody that appreciates it in the car with you when you're doing your hot lap? Because, you know, who, who, if you're in that seat, like you're going crazy, you're so excited, the energy is good. Right. Like, why wouldn't you want to share that feeling? But, you know, yeah. it is what it is. And unfortunately, but I just wanted as a girl to squash that. I don't want our vibe to be like, oh, I can't stand that. Like, yeah, I was a little hurt, but we're also brand new to this, like yeah. content creation. I've been following it forever, but the content creating the podcast were new. Like I'm not expecting to be invited. I'd love it. Yeah, exactly. I think I think if I got invited, <laughs> I I'm, invite my way, I'm not gonna say no. But, <laughs> no. <laughs> but 
Anyway, that out of the way. Miami Grand Prix this past year was a little interesting. Um, I personally think that the race is kind of a money grab. Uh, yes. I mean, you compared tell, to other races, you could just tell by the fan base and the pre-show and the type of, of people that yeah. were attending and the type of interviews that were happening. It was it was for the money. Yeah. Which don't get me wrong. That's fine. But again, there's better ways to go about it. Um, yeah. It's about the racing. It's not about how much money can we grab. But qualifying was heartbreaking as a Ferrari fan. Chaotic. It was chaotic. I was so... I, I can't even, like, say it. I get so sad about it. Like, my Ferrari heart just broken. Uh, Charles crashed in Q3 and caused a red flag, which caused some of the other racers to not finish because they had to go back to the pit lane. Lewis Hamilton dropped out of Q2. Very strange. But I think that was probably one of his worst qualifying performances since Monza last year. Which is insane in considering this track is really not that complicated compared to what they've been driving on this season. And so it's a little heartbreaking to Absolutely. see such it's like a, I don't want to call it terrible qualifying round, but no. really this was not anybody's best. No. So, and for, for what the track was and for what the weather was, I understand the wind was at play down there, but it's Miami. Like it's what wind? Expected. I live in Wyoming. Exactly. And I mean, I, mean I, I can't say that. I can't say that. They're driving really fast cars and any kind of wind is going to affect them. I'm just like, come on. Do a, do a race in Wyoming. Do a wait, wait, waste. <laughs> do a wasteway. Do a raceway. <laughs> in Omaha, Nebraska, you'll feel some wind. Oh, God. Just throw them in a cornfield. Honestly, at that point. They, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. Um, but Max Verstappen being in P9 was... Super interesting. I was gonna say, let, let's talk about the P4 and the P9s because I think those were the most interesting grid spots. Yes. Holy crap. How, Max, what happened? Number one. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll get back to that later, though. And, and P4. Okay. Like, I, Magnuson. Let, let's, let's chit chat about him for a second there because I've, I don't understand how he got there. I honestly, I was shocked, but also at the same time, I'm like, hell yeah, go you. Show them what you can do because they haven't been doing the best. No, not at all. And for him to pull a P4 on such a ridiculous qualifying round for everybody else, like that just shook everything up. Like it shook everything oh, up to the start of the race. And you could feel the energy before the race started. Like nobody knew what was going to happen. I think that's what made Miami so interesting and so exciting this time because nobody knew, like this was unheard of grids like nothing was normal like we had lewis hamilton in p13 exactly like starting clear back in p13 like yeah and then charles was already flustered carlos I, he was doing we his don't own we thing. don't need to talk about that we don't need to talk about that <laughs> it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> but also pierre gasly i know um, Pierre Gasly in P5. I was like, oh yeah, I love Pierre. He is such a good driver and he he's been kind of middle of the road the past like this since the start of the season. He's been middle of the road, like P9, P10, 11, 8, that kind of thing. And I was like, go Pierre, show them what you can do. P5, hell yeah, let's do this. Exactly. And I, I know became an Alpine fan for like a hot minute. I know there was so much focus on Red Bull's performance and everything else going on, but like Gasly, like this was his race. Like he I showed, know. he showed what he can actually do as a driver and nobody's talking about it enough. All the articles are on either Ferrari's cars or the Red Bull team, but like, come on. Pierre, I think like, it's because, right. I think it's because the top three teams have been for the longest time, Red Bull, Ferrari, Mercedes those have been like the top contenders and so I think when anything goes wrong or right with those teams it's always like oh my god yes Whoa. exactly but like damn Kevin Magnuson killed it yeah Gasly killed it I was so happy for them even though I'm not like I'm I support all racers but we all know my 
hearts with Ferrari. Always has been, always will be. I became everybody's biggest fan. After this, we need to talk to somebody. I bet you there's plenty of people out there that are willing to listen, me included, because yeah, I, can't, I don't know how you can deal with that much heartbreak and still sit in that chair every Sunday morning <laughs> and watch those. It's fine. I'm fine. Um, <laughs> Everything is how, many, fine. how many times have I texted you after a race like, I'm crying. <laughs> this is terrible. This is the worst day ever. My oh, boy. During the Australian Grand Prix, when Charles got out on lap one, turn three, I quite literally shed tears. I was like, oh, no, but I it's devastating. I'm it's devastating. I think, I think Ferrari wrong. fans are a little bit masochists, you know. Mercedes are just, you know, in it at this point because they know their uh, the consistency is the key with Mercedes, right? So like they're we're, mm -hmm. they're straight chilling at the moment. Like I'm not a huge fan of Mercedes, but that's just a personal opinion. Um, Red Bull fans are just in it for the adrenaline rush at this point. But yeah, honestly, Ferrari, but like as they should be, they're killing it. Um, I mean, they are fact, Red Bull. Like, fun fact: know. my stepmother works for a company. That is actually a very big sponsor of Mercedes. Like her her company, I'm not going to say the company, but her company is on Lewis Hamilton and George Russell's helmets and their cars. And I'm like, come on, come on. Yeah, where, you want to finesse me some? You want to finesse me some tickets? Where where you where you been at? Come on. My dad, he's a huge supporter of Mercedes, but he was the other day we were talking about it, and he was like. George Russell, super funny. Lewis Hamilton, great driver, which he is. Yeah. Obviously, won, won seven world championships. Should have been eight, but. And he was like, I think Lewis Hamilton's had his time. And I was like, oh. and that was a shot to the chest. That hurts. I may not be a Mercedes fan, but I support Lewis Hamilton all the way. Like, yeah, that exactly. hurt. Woo. You are totally glitching out. Oh, I'm back. Yeah, I did went, you see that? I went into a horror movie there for a second. <laughs> but okay, anyway, let's move on to the pre-race show. Ah, uh, the pre-race show. I, I, I think I, that was the biggest money grab style thing. I think that's what kind of set the tone a little bit. Where, and you know what? I, I get it. And, you know, it is Miami, right? They're trying to, you know, every time they do a race, they like to, you know, bring in the local culture. And what is, what's Miami culture? It's a party scene. That's true. Um, That's true. I mean, you know, like I, I have, you know, my coaches, because, uh, you know, I do my little circus stuff on the side that were there and they're literally working for a club down there. So that's why they got to do that. But again, Miami, it's that party scene. It's that club scene. Right. They want to bring that vibe. They, they have like a real synth wave, you know, in the background with their names, which that was super cool into that. But um, LL Cool J. And uh, that was an that was an interesting choice. Um, I also saw some articles um, that, I mean, you could also tell by the actual like the drivers how they were. You could tell it was a little awkward for them. Yeah, um, who was it? Uh, oh my gosh, I one of the first five. I I I thought I I, I can't remember who it was now because I was too busy waiting for your boy to come on screen. Um, I did not like how they introduced him. They gave everybody like super cute, like this is George Russell, this is blah blah blah, and then they said this is Charles, or he fought for the championship last year. They all fought for the championship last year. He got second place yeah, exactly. in the entire championship. Like it's not like he was fighting the bottom of the barrel, like he twenty the entire season. He was second. Like it's I didn't. Like I thought was that was kind of. Not like he was, you know, a minute behind in P20, but let's not talk about that till later. Um, shade. The shade. I'm disappointed. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. But yeah, so the guys coming out, like, I, it was cute. They had their, like, you know, Will Am was conducting his little, which I didn't realize it was him actually conducting his orchestra yeah. there for a moment. So that I thought was that was cool. cool. That was cool. And I love the up-close shots, you know, being, like, a musician myself. I love the up-close shots of, like, the cello and everything else. Like, as it was playing, I thought that was really neat. Um, except 
when they would introduce the drivers, they didn't turn the camera to the drivers and they were like running away. I noticed from LL Cool J. There's a couple of them that just straight bolted, didn't even look up. You could tell they were uncomfortable. They were extremely uncomfortable. It was was a strange way to introduce. Again, I get the party stuff, but. And it wasn't pre-race jitters either, right? Because usually, you know, they're jumping up and down. They're excited. They're doing their little shakes or their little stretches and good to go, guys. Yep. But, yeah, they were just bolting down that little alleyway. Well, and- even Charles, he was like. And then uh, when LL Cool J went up to Max to ask him a question, like, you could tell Max was like, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. Oh, Max was done. He was done <laughs> the second he walked out of there. He was he was already in his car. <laughs> like, he was, he was already. He's like, I need to go. I need to go. <laughs> He, oh, he knew he knew what he was doing. He he was already the aggression was built. He was ready to go. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I think it could have. I think Miami as a whole could have been done better, but it is what it is. We can't. It, it, I have no say. I'm not going to be like you should change that next year. Like that, they're not going to listen to me. No. Now, maybe, although I did like the little cameo by Vin Diesel as he was walking. I love that. The pictures of him, he looks like he's best friends with all of them. Like, he jumped in the group shots and he's like, hey, hang out. I mean, I love this. If Vin Diesel wants to pretend to be my best friend, that's perfectly fine. Like, I would totally Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, talk about God status. We also need to talk about the starting three in our Hispanic USA race. I guess I don't know how to say that. Miami. Hispanic dominated. Yes. Latino dominated. Yeah, 100%. Me from Florida. Very. Which, hell yeah. But our top three for starting the race, we had Sergio Perez, who's from Mexico. And we had the Battle of the Spaniards. We had Fernando Alonso and Carlos Sainz. And I was like, yes, love this. I kind of love this lineup. I'm not going to lie. It was beautiful. And they're all three great drivers. And they made oh, it so 100%. exciting to watch. Like, it was, oh, that was, it was incredible from the get-go. Oh, the, I saw, um, I saw, like, an article where people were talking about how, like, how bad of a weekend Ferrari had, which we'll get into that later after we talk about, like, the highlights of the race and stuff. But it really wasn't that bad of a weekend. Both the drivers got in the points, and Carlos was pretty high up. How but Carlos, it? he was maintaining. And, he was and killing it. He really was. And to be honest, like, it, it really, I don't think it was a bad race at all. I don't understand why the negativity on this, because they both ended up, like, where they were or higher. They both got points. Like, I, I don't. Anyways, so enough chit chat. Oh, I'm a horror movie again. <laughs> Hang on. Hang on. I know how to fix this. <laughs> I look like an album cover from the 90s. <laughs> a really bad album cover from the 90s. No, I'm like some 41. <laughs> the people on YouTube are going to understand this. Once we put it on like podcast form where it's just an audio file, they're gonna be really confused. We might have to explain. There's a filter so, <laughs> that keeps popping up, and Kiki is like a silhouette with this bright neon pastel yellow, and it just it it's honestly kind of spooky. And it's made even better, you know, but my longboard that, or my, not my longboard, my mountain board that's in the corner. So that was total 90s right there. Either a horror movie or like. Blink one eighty two. Bad music video. <laughs> or a really bad music video. Catch oh, me God. in ninety two. I love it. Anyway. Oh, my God. Anyway. So, all right. So I think I think we 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 gotta talk. We came here to talk about. We gotta talk about this race. We gotta talk about how yes. it started off. We thought. I mean, coming out, Max was getting berated by all the interviewers asking about oh, yes. between him and Fernando and you know what it kind of was there for a while like a honestly, little bit but like even Fernando he's like I guarantee he will be in my rearview mirrors 
by lap 25 because he did that a couple races ago. No, lap even. 15. 15, right there. I, I, I wish I could have been in the car with one of them when that happened. Right. That was that was an incredible moment. But and and I think it's funny that you know Max goes into these races so aggressive and he's known for his aggressive driving tendencies. And he, we saw a lot of that on Sunday. But that's also, I feel like, why he's world champion the past two years. Exactly. You can't race passively. Like you have to race aggressively. At right. least I, I'm an aggressive person. I race aggressively. That would be me. But oh, absolutely. I, I'm I so competitive was... to not do that. I'm like, move out of my way. Exactly. And when you're a type A driver, like Max, like, of course, you're going to do that. And I did think it was funny, though, in the interview in the beginning that his little mantra for them was, oh, I'm just going to try and stay out of trouble. He caused the trouble. He was the trouble. Well, we love it. We're here for it. Exactly. Like, I'm, I'm here for it. I may not be a Red Bull fan, not my favorite team, but you can't hate Max because he's good. Exactly. You have you to have a legitimate reason to hate him. Exactly. You don't cook without your spices. Red Bull's the spices. Like they're not our main entree, but it would be really boring without it. So they got, they got Chaco. They got all the spice. Exactly. I think one of my favorite parts of this whole race was when Fernando Alonso was on his radio and they showed it up on the TV talking about what turn is Lansing? Oh, good job. He's watching the big screen as he's driving. Right. And it's so cute, though. That's such a kind of a cute moment because he's just so chill. He's up there. He's having a he's, good time. He's like, oh, where's Lance? Let me see how Lance is racing. Maybe I can offer some advice. Right. It's almost like he was going on, like, cruise control. Yeah. And he was exactly. just, like, chilling. He was just on a road trip. Like, he wasn't he was hanging out. He was I loved out. it. I think that was by far my number one favorite moment from the Miami Grand Prix because of that. Like yeah. he's driving and you can tell he's like overtaking and he's, he's doing a thing, but he's also watching the big screen Yeah, while he's driving. Like who Which, does that? The whole like thing that's about such a Formula vibe. One, right. The whole thing about Formula One is, you know, these drivers like being able to react at high speeds and here you are the equivalent of texting and driving around town, except you're staring at the big screen, driving a Formula One vehicle. Going like two hundred something miles per hour. Yeah, no big deal. It's fine. It's fine. It, I wish. I, I could, wish I had. I that wish ability. I could do that. Right. I'm but, not allowed to have my phone. I set like a pre-mix. Like I have so many playlists that when I drive, playlist starts. Phone is in like the passenger seat because yeah. I'd be like, oh, I don't like this song. Get, get. I got buttons on my steering wheel for that, and yeah, he's exactly. just straight up like. Yeah, I couldn't do it. I can barely I can do I can that barely 20 miles per hour. To the gear shift. If I miss the gear shift, it's a bad day. <laughs> I think I've got no depth perception. So, oh, for the viewers out there, uh, I'm blind in one eye. So I really don't. I have no depth And perception. she's able to drive. I know it's a miracle. And I drive really That's fast. That's the scary part. Oh, I've been in a car with you. <laughs> I've been in a Lamborghini with you. Uh, that was so much fun. Lamborghini Vegas? in one eye. It's great. Vegas? Uh, yeah. Round two? Yeah, round or, two, absolutely. Or to support the Ferrari. We, we need Ferrari. To get, yeah, I think I think we should take a Ferrari to Vegas because I, listen, I'm- I why not? Exactly. And I don't per se- have Money is replaceable. Oh. So, money is replaceable. Memories are not. Exactly. And you only get to drive a Ferrari to the Vegas races- once maybe unless, maybe once. unless i become a millionaire that's I'm true i'm working on it i don't think i'll be a millionaire on my pay right now no no me neither but you know the dream is there you're closer yeah. than i am <laughs> you know if if the animals and the farm life would stop eating me up but here we are oh yeah she also has a farm i do have a farm i have little goaty goats She's got I don't s- not no not little goaty goats. She's got six. <laughs> they're, they're six little. goats. I talk six to goats, them. Eighteen. That <laughs> makes me sound. <laughs> oh, from eighteen. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about okay the issues <laughs> with 
the Red Bull car. Lap 17, Sergio Perez comes on. There's issues with the front end. Later in the race, Max comes on the radio and he's saying he's having issues with the car. So even though it's like a rocket ship, I mean, a 17 second gap between first and second, that's a rocket ship. And they're the same car for the most part. Which attests to the drivers at that point, just saying, but. Oh, absolutely. But it just goes to show that like a lot of people are hating on Red Bull for their car. And they're like, there's jokes about how George Russell will sneak over and like watch them work on it. There's memes about it, like him leaning up on the fence, like spying for Toto Wolf. And they're funny. And there's been inspections, I think five inspections just since the start of the season. And they're not doing anything legal. They just have a very fast car that holds a good pace. But it just shows that both drivers do have issues. It's not like picture-perfect Red Bull all the time. Exactly. I want people to get that out of their head. Um, Sad day, again, for Ferrari. Uh, very um, hard, very heartbreaking day for Ferrari. Carlos got a penalty again for speeding in the pit lane. But he also was having some issues with that car also. I mean, we can talk about this a little bit about like how we saw Charles and Carlos talking after the race. But as he was pulling into the pit lane, his car locked up pretty bad. It did not yes. look good. No, I honestly, I got a little nervous he's going to come out um just because like you know that that's a that's kind of a race ender usually but it's carlos it is carlos and which is probably why chili pepper (laughs) carlos chili pepper signs killing it i love that name but so yeah after the pit i'll say after the pit that was a little heartbreaking though because it pushed him back to p7 and you know he fought his way back he fought his way back he did. He did. It was just kind of devastating to see him because he worked so hard to get up and maintain where he was. And it was just heartbreaking. Again, oh, not absolutely. a Ferrari fan, but. Oh, I was heartbroken. <laughs> I was so sad. <laughs> you know who's probably really sad? And I hate saying it like this. Logan Sargent. Yeah. So she... yeah, let's talk about our American boy. He deserves to have a good race. I'm not a Williams fan, but he deserves a good race. And he's just not having the season that we thought he was going to have. This is the first American driver we've had in so long. And everybody's like, yeah, an American, this and that. He's I mean, he he picked on lap one. Lap one. Within the first, it was first two or three laps he pitted. And it put him back 59 seconds behind. Uh, that is that you know you can't come back from that so in a race with you know 57 laps to just continue and you know you're not going to catch up you know there's nothing you can do like he couldn't overtake anybody but you know what he was he kept going but i mean good going. for him he kept going and that just shows like i feel like he deserves to be here i feel like a lot of people kind of give him like jabs a little bit but he deserves to be here he earned it or else they wouldn't have signed him. And I think he's he, just struggling. He closed the gap towards the end. A like little bit. There. It was better than bit. it was. To come back 30 seconds even is amazing at those speeds. Oh, like, I, I mean, and, you and think 15 forget. seconds is a long time. Like, do you see those cars live? We think right now 15 seconds goes by like that. There, it is like an eternity. So imagine exactly. what 15 seconds is and multiply it by four. Yeah. And, and we thought and, McLaren was struggling this season. Damn. And that's heartbreaking for him. And But people don't remember. Ignore my you. cat. <laughs> Hi, Poseidon. Ignore my cat. <laughs> but that's it's easy sad. for people, you know, sitting at home or watching the races in the stands to look at him and see how far back he is and think he's a – bad driver he shouldn't be here he doesn't know what he's doing but fact of the matter is he's one of the best drivers in the world or he wouldn't be in or else he wouldn't or else he wouldn't be here and, and it makes me sad because like i would have given up like you know me i don't give up at anything i am a hard charger and i even, you would have been like 
I'm just pitting now. I'm going to box and I'm getting out of this car. Exactly. And I was, I was talking to my husband about, I think it was like lap 30 and I look over and I was telling him about what's going on in the race. And I told him where Sergeant was. And I, I told him flat out, like, I couldn't do that. I, I would have gotten too frustrated. I would have gotten too upset. I would, I, my head wouldn't have been in the, in the race anymore. I would have pitted. I would have gone out done. No more. hundred percent, hundred percent. I think another team that has definitely been struggling and they're my number two team, McLaren. They've really been struggling. And I know it sucks because I don't know what changed, but things changed and he's won races with that car before or that team before, or he's gotten podium. Okay, he hasn't won a race yet, but he's gotten podiums with that car. Lando Norris is a great driver. He just has crappy car. And he's been, I mean, he was during one of the qualifying rounds at, at one point he was in P1 and I was like, I was at a bar for Cinco de Mayo with a friend just hanging out. And I was like, stop talking to me for one second. Lando Norris is in P1. Like, this is important. This is a big day. And then Everybody Boston, <laughs> everybody don't even breathe. Ended up like, they're just, they, I don't think they have the pace. And I don't think they have the oh, speed to catch up. They used to be a huge contender. Daniel Ricardo was killing it in McLaren. It's, it's just I, I heartbreaking really... to see such good drivers with cars that aren't up to the level that Red Bull, Mercedes, and Ferrari are at. Exactly. And at what point, you know, like in the sport, does it not become sport anymore when the cars are able to overtake the drivers? Because my personal thing, I like, I, I mean, you know me, I love cars. I, I love to see what's going on with that. But the cars are already rocket ships. They're they're fantastic machines. I I'm in it to see what the drivers are capable of and the right. strategy of the teams. And so, at what point, like as a fan base, do we kind of start shifting away when there's such a disparity just on the vehicles and machines themselves? It's crazy how we there's jokes about the McLaren cars being called a tractor. It's crazy it's, how we're it's calling true. a. It's crazy how we're calling a car that can hit 200 miles per hour like this, a tractor. My Jeep doesn't even get, it starts shaking at 85. Like. Fair, but. It's also a Lego brick, but anyway. (laughs) Exactly. But we love her. Your Jeep is a great Jeep. She's cute. She's a cutie. I think, speaking of strategy, I think the absolute worst strategy of the entire race was when they threw Charles on hard tires. Everybody yes. knows that car does not perform well on hard tires, and it hasn't for a very long time. They threw him on there, and boom, slows down. And I'm like, you should have kept him on medium. Should have kept him on medium. And he was already pulling back. Like, at that point, like, you know, was it P3 oh P three through about five we're already so close like you knew you knew he was falling back to seven you knew he was coming back seven nine like he was he was not getting in any higher than that you knew he was going to take it back and he went back clear to 15 and then you put him on hard tires I don't understand the strategy behind that at all it made zero sense if you're already falling behind not because he's not a good driver he was he overtook people and he was killing it if you take a good driver that's already kind of backing up a little bit because the wear and tear on the tires he was already on, you don't put him on tires that don't work well with that car or you haven't experimented enough with them because you're used to medium and soft compounds. I think that if he was put on soft, yeah, he would have had to pit more, but I think he would have had much better pace. I think that's so just too. my two cents. <laughs> yeah, I think medium was the obvious choice. Um Soft would have been a good second. Ferrari, do you want to hire me for a strategy position? Right, because somebody in that pit needs to be, you know, using what's between their ears a little more than they are. Because I, I, that right there, I'm, again, speaking of, you know, drivers with like a lot of heart, like Charles, I don't know how you came back from that, man. Like that was, that was devastating. They, they did you dirty, bro. They did you dirty. 
he came out with, I don't know if you know this, but he has always played the piano and he always posts videos on Instagram and stuff. And he's really I good at it. He plays piano. Charles, me, you, let's play together. Hey, I sing. Come on. We could be a band. Um, <laughs> he came out with a song after the Australian Grand Prix and it was beautiful. He recently came out with a Miami song and you could, the way that I've seen people describe it, which makes a lot of sense, you can feel the emotion of being a Ferrari fan in that song. There's ups and there's downs and it's like, it's got some upbeat, happy parts. And then there's also like really sad feeling parts. And I think that's how he feels. There's also been like rumors of, I talked about this in the last episode, there's been rumors of Charles going to Mercedes and he's come out he's like, no, I'm with Ferrari. And I think that has to do with like a personal backstory that a lot of people know about how his godfather died in a race and his godfather always wanted to race for Ferrari. I think that's a big thing. And like stuff with his dad. I mean, he lied to his dad before his dad mm-hmm. died saying he got signed on to Ferrari, even though he wasn't, he was still at Alfa Romeo. Ooh, but he ended up getting signed. I know. He was like, I feel really guilty about it. And then comes out, he drives. He was the second youngest driver for Ferrari when he got signed. And he's like, I didn't lie. So I think, I like, we need to stop making rumors as a community of just because the car isn't good, Charles is leaving. Or yeah. Carlos is leaving. Yeah, the car sucks. No. <laughs> Now, honestly, I mean, you look at it, like, would Charles perform much better in Mercedes? I mean, look at where Mercedes was in this, in this race, right? Like they finished and they were, they were together the whole time. Both cars are good. Both drivers Mm -hmm. are good. You take a driver like Leclerc and you put him in one of those machines. It's, he would be on, on Max's rear end the entire race. Put him on a team with Max and I want to see. They've had, they have had a rivalry slash bromance since they were like, go-karting i want to see them in the same car just them two yep just those two on a track i think I that agree. would be interesting my cat is totally rubbing up on me <laughs> speaking, speaking of rumors as a community and i think this race for me at least really really kind of confirmed because you know i'm into the conspiracy theories oh and, absolutely and and this one really kind of drove it home for me that is red bull setting Max up to be the golden boy because there was no reason. That's a, I mean, that's a good he's a great driver, but there was no reason that he should have been first. There's no reason that he would have come up there. I personally, and I want to see what your take on this is. I think it was all for show. I think Perez pulling out and pitting when he did, I think that was also for show. I understand the strategy behind it, but I don't think it was necessary at that point in the race. So what what are what are your thoughts on that? Especially especially the final overtake when Max was in P two. Come on, that you could that it was a beautiful moment. It was I I loved watching. It was oh, so it was exciting. Great. However, was there a mistake made that he saw the opening and took it? I don't think so. I think it was choreographed. I can see both sides. Where I see where you're coming from, where you think it could be choreographed, but Max really is that aggressive of a driver where he probably saw that opportunity and just took it. Do I think that Chaco should have gotten first? Yes, but I don't think that Max doesn't deserve the win. I think that it was an issue with strategy. I think yes. him, I think Chaco pitting at the wrong time, he didn't necessarily need to pit at that moment. And I think that was kind of iffy where it's like what was the strategy behind that other than for Max to go further exactly but that's I mean he really just is that aggressive of a driver I really it's that's a hard question because there's things that point to it but there's also things where it's like excuse you everybody say hello to my cat he keeps like rubbing up on my leg (laughs) he keeps rubbing up on my leg he's purring really loud we call him machine gun kitty he just misses me. It's fine. I know he probably does. Doesn't miss your dogs. <laughs> That's true. I think that That's a really hard question because there's so many ways you could take it. I 
for me. I guess we'll have to see how the rest of the season goes. Exactly. Because they are like neck and neck for who's going to win. Whoever wins at the end of the season, if it's Max and they keep pulling strategic things that don't necessarily make the most sense, then we'll know. And but, I mean, you know, it's it's great. They're they're like the Red Bull team. Like I said, they're giving us something to watch as fans. They're making racing even more exciting than usual. But is it for show? And also, I why Max? I know he's you know a lot of people think he's the golden boy of Red Bull and all this is going on. But why why him? He's just I mean he's a great driver. He's very aggressive, but he's a great driver. But I just. I don't know. I'm all for it. I, I think I it's because he's won so many times exactly. in that car. Like, so they just want to keep it going. Got to keep the momentum. I mean, who, I mean, put yourself in Red Bull team principal's shoes. You have this kid who's winning constantly and he's good. I can see that where it's like they don't want that streak to end. But they also have Chaco, who's also really good. Either way, you have one of them win the world championship. You're still going to be the winner. Yeah, exactly. The winner. Exactly. And this race, there was no contest that Red Bull was coming out on top, as we saw, especially going into the later laps. That was. I should start betting money on these races. Then they're going to hear you and they're going to be like, no. Then they're gonna slow down just so I lose money. Exactly, just for you, all for you. Hey, Red Bull, like this, this girl right here. They're gonna be like, oh, this this little white girl. Yeah, we want to lose know. just so she loses money. Lose all I money. think if I were to bet on races, I think if somebody asked me like, who do you think is gonna win? I don't like predicting like winners because they all have an opportunity to win, and I don't want to make it seem like favoritism. But we all know who I'm gonna say. I think it'd be more interesting to be like, I I'm, I bet you 20 bucks that so-and-so is going to be in top three, yeah, five, rather than I think they're going to win. Or, you know, the entire Aston Martin team isn't going to be in, you know, within two two places of each other and yada, yada, right. yada. Right, like fun See, stuff like that. Yeah, much more interesting than, hey, Red Bull's going to win. All right, cool. You got 50-50 shot. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But I think that we should talk about the points now that we've kind of leaned towards, like, the end of the race, talking about, like, the pits and the tires and the strategy and all this. It was a great day for Ferrari, Mercedes, Alpine, and Red Bull. Double points for all of those teams. Both racers from each of those teams were in the points. And I was like, yes, yes. We here love for to it. See this. Get it, boys. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely love it. I think that Kevin Magnussen being P10 and being in the points was a big day. That was a oh, really no. big Absolutely. day. Absolutely. Like, Magnussen, he drove great. I know we touched on a little bit earlier, but, like, he he drove consistently great the entire race. You know, right. it wasn't like we like we saw a few that just, you know, couldn't maintain that pace, but he came here with a strategy, he executed, he was good. Oh, absolutely. And then I mean, even again, I know we've been really harping on your boy Charles, but this race was just so heartbreaking for him. You know, lap 53 when he overtook Gasly, like that was like good on him. And then so overtook happy. Lewis? Yeah, exactly. I was like, yeah. I, I lost. You heard me scream on the phone. <laughs> That's probably why my voice is like this today because I was screaming so loud. I mean, we were on phone together, so we saw each other, but I was screaming so loud when that was going on. And oh, Brandon yeah. is just sitting in the corner watching me, you know, because he doesn't really watch and he's like, what's going on? And I'm like, you don't understand what Charles just did. <laughs> oh, yeah. My cat was looking at me like I had three heads. I uh, guarantee my neighbors were like, okay. I. You know how, like, old men who watch football, they get so into it and, like, screaming at the TV? Yeah. That's me with Formula One and MotoGP, which is, like, the motorcycle Formula One. That's really fun. But that I could never do. I do love my motorcycles. I love my bikes. But 
those guys have guts. I don't know. No, no, oh, thank yeah. you. And I'm oh, an yeah. adrenaline junkie. Like I'll, I'll gladly take a car out, but I don't, I don't know if I'd go that crazy on a bike. They're on the ground when they turn. Yeah. Your knee, your knee is literally that's, on the ground. You have knee pads. That's <laughs> terrifying. Why? That's terrifying. There was I've actually been... a place in Omaha. There was a, you know, Dylan Motorsports. Yeah. yeah. They had a MotoGP bike there at one point and I sat on it and I was like, this is heavy. And they're turning it like, ew, ew. that's the other thing too. I, I don't think I could, I could sit it back up. I've, I've never knock on wood. I need to find, hang on, let me find some wood here. I've, I've never tipped a bike yet. Yet. I say yet because it's inevitable. It happens to anybody that rides a bike. Right. But could you imagine like laying one of those out? Like they make the, oh, you know, the there rest. she goes again. Oh no. Oh no. Where are you? <laughs> I'm over here. I'm coming back. Uh, for those of you that are listening to the podcast and not the YouTube, I just turned into a 90s music video again. Um, it looks like a lemon. By my album. <laughs> subscribe to our podcast. Yeah, subscribe. Hit subscribe. And then you can see me Please. in my album covers more often. I think that the finishing of the race was really good. I mean, it's been same top three that we've had before but this was honestly an incredible day for Fernando Alonso other than the fact that he was watching TV while he was driving this was his so there's that was the fifth race of the season he's gotten p3 out of four of those which is incredible like that is such a feat incredible and like also can we just talk about Fernando. the you know like when they're all when they're all up in the podiums like he was the only one that really, you know, kind of did a shout out to the rest of his team. Like everybody else was taking in their moment, which is fine. It is your moment. Enjoy it. But while everybody's, you know, drinking their champagne and talking to the cameras, he's handing his bottle to his team. And I thought that was really well, cool because you don't see that too much. Well, he actually left Formula One and then came back. This is his I, like comeback. This is the comeback era. Which, I mean, getting P3 – in More multiple times. races exactly that like on your comeback after you come out of retirement like props dude props a flex like, a flex also Fernando Alonso sniffing the flowers he's here Just, for fun he's here for a good time <laughs> he's, yes <laughs> he already has his name he has his his ranking he's, he's oh just yeah it like made my heart so happy watching the interview and just seeing like Fernando come back just in the background. I don't even think he realized that he was on <laughs> just, camera and he's just, oh. and then the little, like, yes, this made nice. the whole day. Quality, quality flora here in my oh, yeah. <laughs> On to some very big news that I am so excited about. And this is for my Danny Rick girls. Daniel. Drum roll, please. Daniel Ricardo is back in the Red Bull car on the track, not in the race, but he's back on a track at Silverstone. He will be back in the Red Bull car after the race at Silverstone on the track. Not just like doing the promo stuff, like he's going to be there and I am so excited for it. He deserves it. He does, he really, he does. really does. But <clears throat> again, here comes Red Bull. I know. Throw Danny Rick in that car. I want to see what he can do. I miss him being on the grid. I really do. I miss his face in the paddock and him goofing off all the time. Like my favorite like memes or videos that are funny. My favorite ones are of Daniel Ricardo and Lando Norris or Daniel Ricardo and Max. I mean, this past race, Daniel Ricardo was um he was racing mini boats with Yuki Sonoda. Okay, yeah, I, just, I, 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 that sounds like a great time. That's hilarious. Right? But he also, like, he's such a goofball. Yuki Sonoda's terrified of sharks, and they're on this boat, and I just for fun, and he just turns, and he's like, watch this, takes him and just jumps in with him. And I'm like, but you know, I miss this. At least he went in, you know, with him, though he did right. throw Yuki in with his sneakers on. Poor kid. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. I'm, I miss him being around like he's back well, sort of. but, but less formula one stuff 
onto the F1 Academy. I don't know if anybody has been tracking, but Bianca Bustamante, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. If I'm not, please let me know. She's 18 years old, racing in the Formula One Academy and just got her first win, which is incredible. I wish I could be doing that. Right? Like how how can how can we cash in on this? Because my God, that is incredible. When I was 18, I was a ding dong. Uh, when I was 18, I was still street racing a Buick Regal. So, <laughs> I mean, no, I was not. It was, that's not what I did with my free time, but. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, drifting back roads in a car that was not meant to drift. But oh, yeah. I was definitely was not just... driving Formula One at 18 years old. No, absolutely not. I thought I was in my Mini Cooper. <laughs> your death trap (laughs) we don't need to talk about that we should talk about rip mini the the hilarious post-race interview of going back to what we talked about of the formula one community i think that miami again wasn't the most like inclusive of true formula one fans based off of this moment alone when max was up getting his like trophy for winning the whole crowd was saying f you boo boo and like that's so not cool why are you saying that he won he earned it again fans like do do better because i why are you there if not to see some somebody's going to win there are 20 people on in the grid when we start one of them's going to win you might not like all of them but all those guys have earned their place to be there they all deserve to be there absolutely and like like we said you know we have our conspiracy theories we have everything else that right, we poke right. fun at red bull but at the end of the day max is a great driver and he outdrove everybody else that was there that day he he drove everybody else in miami he's going to do it again he, he's let he me just let me just say. reiterate p9 to top three in exactly. 15 laps exactly like, you know, we talk about like Perez, but he he started out good. He held it. That's all he he just had right. to maintain. Like maintaining is not overtaking, you know, some of the world's best drivers to get back on top again. And again, right. was he aggressive? Right. Yes, but would do you not want to watch a race that has aggressive drivers? No, I don't. Do you I don't want a boring race? Yeah, exactly. Like I, I don't want to sit here and watch them all just safely go around the track and make it in one piece. You know, I mean, I do want them to make it one piece, but I don't want them. Watch just, what you say. You know, Don't jinx try and it. avoid each other. You you want to see the aggressiveness. You want to see the strategy. Yeah, let's not. No universe. Whoever's listening, whatever's out there, let's let's knock on wood. Knock on wood together. You know, waiting for my dog to bark. Um, I did knock on wood. If you didn't hear that, that was a solid on its little table. But no, I I just don't understand. Like as a fan base. We need to do better. Like we're we're here to support the sport. I I get if your team didn't win, that sucks. It happens to all of us. But don't boo him, uh, especially in the right. moment. Let him have his moment. If you're gonna boo him, go home and do it. It's easy to do it when you're sitting there and it's crowd. You know, think and you get in your head. One person does it, you all do it. But there was no need for that. There's no reason. No, and there's videos of people like flipping him off. I think the way that he reacted was phenomenal I think when he was asked about it I think him saying like I mean I'm gonna keep winning and they're gonna go home and have a nice evening I think that was a very subtle way of saying something that I'm not gonna say but we say it YouTube will ban us um yes but and you know uh I mean it's true like he's out here doing the thing and he's doing what None of them are doing. They're just, they're watching the sport. And I hate saying that because as a Formula One fan, I also go to watch the sport. He's out here doing what they aren't. And they're mad about it. Like, I think it's just completely inappropriate to be flipping somebody off. Granted, again, not the biggest Max fan or Red Bull fan. He deserved the win. There's well, no reason not, to be cussing him out. When when you're booing him, you gotta remember, you're not just booing him, you're booing, you know, his pit crew who's standing down there watching him, so proud of him, so excited for what they because it's just as much their race as it is his, it's just as much their win as it is for him. So why mm-hmm. are you booing those people who did their jobs and they did it well? 
You're also I, I booing, do- like, the entire Max and Sergio Perez, like, fan base. Exactly. And if if you, you know, you do believe the theories that, like, they're trying to put him on top and that's why you're booing him, oh, again, do, do you not want an interesting race? Because this is how you keep the fan base going. This is how you keep the money coming to these races and you keep the races right. interesting. Like, I, right. I don't know what you want. But, yeah. No, Whoever booed, I, if you were there and you were booed, just know that I don't like you as a person. Um, no skin off my bones. I wasn't going to invite you over for dinner, but. <laughs> Everybody I, here knows, <laughs> I think I think the last point that I have on my notes from this past week, weekend. Everybody, as we all know who my team is and who my racers are. I don't think many people know what my baseball team is, though. Uh, half of my family is from New York. I mean, you're a New York Yankees fan. And it just so happens that the beautiful Charles Leclerc threw the first pitch for the Yankees game. And it made my entire day. I was working a 24-hour shift yesterday. I was on Facebook, on the computer. And I was just like, okay. That I'm here for this. Adorable. And also, so- like, Charles really, he, he needs a little bit more happy you know because like I know I know I talked about this already or I didn't talk about it on here but you know Sports Illustrated released that article that basically said he hit rock bottom and it's it's not his fault it's his car it's it's never going to be him as a driver and it's no like I said earlier throw him in a Red Bull car throw him in a Red Bull car and see what he does it lacks pace there's nothing that he can do like he's doing I mean this race proved that he is a good driver and given the right machine he would do great but so good on him. Throw that pitch. I hope he gets to do more fun things between now and the no. next race because he deserves it. He deserves it. He also threw a decent pitch, too. So now we have Charles Leclerc, the Formula One driver, the musician, baseball player. He was just blessed by the muses. Like when he was created, I mean, they were like, oh, here you go. Have all the talent. I think that he just needs. I think those are his outlets for being frustrated. I mean, you saw the interviews or the video, not really an interview, but you saw the video of Carlos and Charles talking after the race. And you could just see the frustration in both of their eyes. And. But you know what? Unlike some of the other drivers that I'm not going to mention by name, uh, Charles handles it with class though. When he, he handles his frustration with a lot of class and he, he is younger so it's impressive to see him be able to handle it that, the way that he does and to overcome it and to keep going, especially in the public's eye, in the media. He's also like really hard on himself in interviews. Like they'll ask him about it. And I don't think he means to do this. I think he's just genuinely, that's how he is on himself. He's so hard on himself. And I'm like, yeah, you didn't get like top four. Oh, but darn. you're still like, still, like doing really well it's not like he exactly. I, he did not hit rock bottom I think that they just need to figure out the issues with the cars no, same for and Carlos and there's been rumors of like Carlos just not being as good as Charles I hate that they compare the two because they're two different drivers two different people Carlos started P3 and did fairly well yeah also, I hate when people say, like, that article that Charles hit rock bottom. He was on pole. Yeah, exactly. Last weekend. Or not last weekend, but in Baku. Like, it's just the haters. Just it is the haters. haters. Drinking all the haterade. And, you know, I get you're trying to sell articles, you're trying to get readers, but. Um, oh, absolutely. But there's better ways to do it than trash talk people. Exactly. Like there's there's ways to go about it without saying that he's hit rock bottom because I guarantee that anything that's written badly about any of the drivers or in a negative light, I guarantee they all see it. And if you're if you're already hard on yourself, how does that feel? Well, and though I mean, when you're in a public figure like that, like you really have to you do learn at a certain point, like you can't read the articles, you can't read the comments, you need to take a step back. But it's really hard when, especially Formula One, like the the social media presence is so big, like it's kind of hard for them to avoid that. And, right, you know, right. the this generation in the sport, it's, you're gonna, you're gonna read these, you're gonna hear about them. 
but hopefully the the these gentlemen can take a step back and you know just kind of brush it off because again well, these are the 20 best drivers so oh absolutely well the next three races are ferrari triple header we got italy we got monaco we got spain and I have a good feeling. I don't know if this is because I'm Delulu. I'm not delusional. I don't know. I think that we're going to kill it. I'm going to Monaco. Charles is from Monaco. I'm hoping that just in my delusional brain that me being there is going to be like good luck or something. Um, I, you know, I, I feel faith. like he should win. I think he should win his home race for once. I, I have full faith. I'm going to be a little jealous, not going to lie. Uh, but I think, you know, it's a, it's a home turf advantage, you know? Right. I mean, you're coming to Vegas with me, so we'll be fine. Oh, yeah, exactly. Vegas will be a different story. But okay. but that's all I have, if you have anything else. Nope, that's all I got. Um, yeah, that race was definitely exciting. Uh, I'm excited for the next one. I'm a little jealous. I can't go to Monaco with you, but so excited for the discussion when you come back because it's going to be a really cool perspective for that episode you know oh absolutely the, we'll get to have both sides we'll get to have you there in person and me watching from home and looking you'll see what's you. on tv and i'm gonna be like you know <laughs> my neck my neck's gonna hurt i swear i'm gonna be like gonna come back with a, a neck brace on get a little whiplash it's gonna look like i went head banging again okay <laughs> Well, that is all for this episode about the Miami Grand Prix and some little tidbits here and there, like about Bianca and the Formula One Academy and Daniel Ricardo. We will have our next episode after the next race in Italy. So stay tuned. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.